Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. all the uh, messages and uh, conversation on the message line 512-447-3776 says guys I wonder if a lot of college coaches don't want to deal with the uh, portal or NIL anymore so that they're like smart Kirby smarter Jim Harbaugh off to the league they go could be could be I mean you know they're they they become more and more different like well it's like well honestly they become more and more the the sports are very different now but if you're going to deal with almost um, a semi-pro system, why not just go pro? Essentially, the NIL is your salary cap. Right. Whatever your NIL resources, that determines how much you know, money you can spend on getting the top players. Uh, you, if you just go start looking at transfer portal, that's your free agency of sorts. Yeah. All right, we need to fill holes, but just like in NFL, you don't want to build a team through free agency, right? You want to build a team through the draft. Yep. And recruiting is your draft. Well, so it is. They're very different sports, but uh, more and more, it's like, well, if I'm gonna deal with all these headaches in college, and I gotta deal with recruiting and all that, why just go to the NFL? Yeah, if if they'll have you, right? I mean, they, there's only 32 yeah, spots yeah, for that's, sure. That's true point. <laughs> uh, there's only a certain number. There's only certain guys that can can you know take that claim. They got that kind of. Got that clout. kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Kirby Smart's got it. Kirby, yeah, Kirby does. Uh, Lincoln Lincoln's got it or had it. Yeah, I still think he's got it. If he if, wanted, if it was kind of a Caleb Williams deal. I would say this for Jim Harbaugh. The other reason I think I'm bullish that this was his last game last night is, you know, he's 60 years old. You know, if he's going to go, it's kind of the same age when Pete Carroll jumped into the NFL and left, uh-huh. the, left USC. And behind some controversy. Behind some controversy, <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a lot of parallels there that built a heck of a team and uh, won a championship. Or Pete won multiple championships. But, um, you know, here, here he is. Uh, you know, if you come back to Michigan, at some point you're – you got to sign this new contract, which locks you in there, which prevents you from probably moving on to the NFL. This is your opportunity is uh, right now for yeah. him. You can always come, listen. You can always come you back. Can to always come back. You're a made man now. In college. Hell, even if you're not a made man, even if you were just trending in college, like Matt Rule and left, you come back. They'll still consider you because everybody does consider them two different sports. They'll be like, well, in college he's great. Even he can't get it done in the NFL, but in college he's great. Everybody knows that, whether it be Urban Meyer or whether you're talking about, you know, Nick Saban. It, the NFL, just because you fail there or you don't meet the standard in the NFL does not mean college doesn't consider well, you still to be a top-notch elite coach at the college realm. And the NFL also is about circumstances, which is why I think Jim Harbaugh will be very picky 
with where he goes. Like, you know, Matt Rule's a good football coach, and he didn't do well in the NFL, but now we know that Dave Tepper is kind of a loon, right, the owner. Hey. I mean, that's a tough deal. He hey. never had a quarterback there. You know there. what? They're billionaires. They, they, they yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what? The, the boosters and the donors, <laughs> trust me, they're finicky too. Yeah. <laughs> but at some the point, more money you get, the, the more eccentric you get. Who knows? That's, that's right. Yeah. And somebody says Harbaugh to Vegas. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the – Ooh, the, that's the, sexy. Yeah, the draw with Tom Brady and a fellow Michigan man. Don uh, Yee. Don Yee, the agent, is said the same. So, yeah, we'll follow that and um, – uh, Jim Harbaugh. I would also say that last night was the end of an era, right? Ten years of the college football four-team playoff. Uh, ten years, and uh, that's it. Thank it's now God. a new system. I'm happy to see it go. Me too. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do think the four-team playoff was an improvement on the BCS. Yeah, but good riddance. And, move on. And now it's the 12-team playoff, yeah. which will begin. It's a whole new world in college football. If you thought the NIL and Portal, I mean, now you're going to have you know the new-look Big Ten, the new-look Big 12, the new-look SEC with Texas and Oklahoma. And 12 teams will make a playoff uh, starting next year. So you know, a lot to change in 2024. Last night was the, uh, the last of the old guard. And as we've talked about on this show a lot, Rod, there, there, there's going to be at some point the top you know, four conferences are going to break away from the NCAA. They're going to run themselves. They'll sell their own TV rights, all those kind of things. And the NCAA will run the rest, I believe that. But at the same time, until we get there, because um, somebody's got to put some parameters on this thing. Someone's got to put some road, you know, some guardrails on everything that happens. Yeah. We all agree with that. Everybody agrees with that. No, but who's going to yep. be that entity? At some point, that has to be formed. And that could happen this offseason. There really could be a move towards that uh, now that the college football season is over you know, by this summer. Uh, you know, they have all their spring meetings and you know, winter meetings with all the presidents and the leaders of college athletics. You know, then come summertime, there could be some real decisions made as far as that goes of, of how we move forward now that the conferences are all going to settle in for the most yeah, part. Yeah, and uh, to, to that outside point. Of the, outside of the Florida State, we want out of the ACC, ACC thing. Stuff, yeah. Everything else settles and everybody moves into where they're going to be for the foreseeable future. Well, and to, uh, to that point, um, because you, too, you do have now, because of the consolidation, you have your power players. They're the SEC and the Big Ten, period. And if you want that change, you're talking about, you know, the separation of the half and half nines um, to college football becoming kind of its own organization aside from the rest of the uh, the sports and the scholarship sports uh, in college. You, this it will be the Big Ten and the SEC that are going to spearhead that. Well, and I and think it'll also be spearheaded by, by the, the TV networks. TV networks. Yeah, is that those three entities because they're the decision makers now. That's where all the big money is. That's where all the blue bloods well, are. And, and, big decision makers. And as we've told you along the way, I think most people know this: the the all of the consolidation and the conference realignment has been driven by the TV networks because mm-hmm. uh, they want the better games. They want that's their programming, and they're driving this. And they'll be the ones that help to force along with the Big Ten and the SEC. Because you're right. I mean, the Big Ten and the SEC are now the, the two most powerful entities. Yeah. Um, with, you know, Big Ten's, you know, coast to coast now, uh, from, from East Coast all the way to the West. Big Ten, Big Tw- SEC's the SEC. You know, the Big 12 fought for survival and won, so they get to remain one of the final four, one of the big four. And the ACC, they got their own issues to deal with, but they're yes, one of they the do. four. So, but you're right, th- that's where this needs to, to, the change needs to happen. And it's unfortunate for the remainder of college football, but, you know, there'll be a, a second-level championship, and it'll be more and more like, uh, you know, the Premier League in soccer, right? There'll be the, 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 the elite, and then there'll be lesser leagues. But, you know, it's a growing sport that's never been more popular for all the folks talking about the ruin, ruining of college football. It's different than you ever remember it growing up, but the TV ratings have never been better. The attendance, I mean, the place was packed last night. Um, you know, and I think for this final four team playoff, the fact that there was a West Coast team in there, uh, a Midwest team won the national championship, mm-hmm. not another deep South, South team, team where it's been yeah. dominated for the last you know decade or so with Alabama and Clemson and LSU, Georgia. 
uh, a team in the Midwest, and you know, you know, big markets like Chicago were up tuned in last night. The West Coast was represented in this fourteen playoff for the first time in a while. I think that's good for college football it is. Uh, to expand the brand and, and bring fans back uh, from all all parts of this country. And I think that's only going to continue to grow into the twelve team playoff and everything that's coming in twenty twenty four. So, uh, so good stuff right there. This is what is the first sport to play their season in the SEC? Uh, that'd be volleyball. Because the Longhorns will officially it's in become it's yeah, in July, right? Well, the, the Longhorns will, become, will officially become a member of the SEC on July the first. Yeah, it's July um, of twenty twenty four. So, because obviously everything in the spring is still going to be Big Twelve uh, through baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball will be the last, and then you know, but the first sport that starts is soccer, is soccer and volleyball. Soccer and volleyball start before anything else. Then football, as far as the SEC goes. So that's okay. the answer to your question. Yes, and all the logos will officially switch over too. You get all your, all your SEC gear that y'all want so bad. <laughs> or at least the Longhorn gear with the SEC logo on it. All right, let's get to the other top stories, including how it went down last night in H-Town. Start down in Houston, that's right. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bringing you the top stories. Michigan Wolverines wrote a strong start and then a powerful finish to a dominating 34-13 win over second rank Washington in the College Football National Championship game at NRG Stadium. The Mason Blue roared out to a 17-3 lead thanks in part to a pair of long touchdown runs from their little-used running back Donovan Edwards, a speedster. Huskies settled down, though, outscored Michigan 10-3 over the next two quarters, kept it a one-score game into the fourth quarter. It was 20-13. That's when the undefeated Wolverines kicked it to the finish line. Uh, big interception of Michael Penix Jr. down in the red zone. A pair of Blake Corum touchdown runs on their way to the program's first national championship since 1997 for a happy head coach and Michigan man, Jim Harbaugh. Personally, I, uh, I can now sit at the big person's table in the family. They won't, they won't, they won't keep me over there in the, on the little table anymore. My dad, Jack Harbaugh, won a national championship. And my brother won a Super Bowl, so uh, it's, good to, it's good to be at the big person table from now on. <laughs> uh, now the uh, Michigan, uh, the Jim Harbaugh of the NFL watch will be on. Whoever the coach of the Wolverines is next season, they will host the Texas Longhorns September 7th in Ann Arbor of 2024. Longhorns, by the way, officially finished third in the final AP poll that was released overnight. Speaking of Texas, news from the 40 Acres yesterday, plenty of it. Keelan Robinson, the running back, announced that he will declare for the NFL draft and forego his remaining year of eligibility. Also yesterday, linebacker Jalen Ford did so, uh, did the same, releasing a heartfelt goodbye on social media, announced that he too is headed to the league. According to a report from 24-7 Sports, wide receiver A.D. Mitchell is expected to declare for the draft. He is projected as a possible first-round draft pick. Big transfer portal news. Late yesterday, as we mentioned in Bulletcher BS, former Ole Miss running back Quinchon Judkins has announced he's transferring to Ohio State. In basketball, congrats to Texas freshman Madison Booker, who earned Big 12 co-defensive or co-player of the week honors yesterday. The Super Frosh over 16 points a game, nine boards and six and a half assists. The Horns won two big road games last week. Uh, Vic Schaefer squad won at Texas Tech and West Virginia. They'll host TCU tomorrow night in Big 12 Conference play. Texas men who stumbled out of the gate and uh, lost their Big 12 Conference opener Saturday night to Texas Tech. They are back in action tonight at Cincinnati. That game will tip at 6 o'clock. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, congrats to the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, they were the best team. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, they, I think they controlled that game the entire game. They came out and made a statement. The statement was, uh, we're going to win this game with our lines of scrimmage. That's uh, where we have our distinct, clear advantages. And there is no question that they bullied 
Washington early on that game. Washington's defense settled down by the time Washington's defense settled down. It was already 17-3. to um, And it ended up being more competitive after that. But Washington's offense could never find their rhythm. Michael Penix didn't have that Michael Penix magic. He was off, so he had one of uh, his mm, subpar games, uh, one of his worst games of the season. And no offensive support for the defense once they settled down. They just, uh, at one point, I think the defense just collapsed. I mean, like a like a the dam broke, and the dam broke again in that fourth quarter. They held them pretty much from the second quarter to in, early in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Washington's defense held up pretty good, but then they no offensive help. They just, the dam broke. Yeah, it's, and that's credit to the number one defense in the country, yes, placing the number one yes. offense in the country or passing offense in the country. And look, there were a lot of things working against Washington, the uh, – you know the, the the slow start defensively. I, I, Michigan's a powerhouse, but you know they were out of they were out of their gaps. Their 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 angles were terrible to start that game. The safeties. I don't think I think they underestimated the speed of of uh, Edwards. Yeah, uh, numbers, the, ang- the angles were bad. They took bad angles. They took I mean, terrible angles. Uh, and allowed him to get the corner too easily. So yeah, those were two big runs that are fourteen points that, that uh, were one hundred seventy four yards in the first half. Yeah, rushing. yeah. I mean, crazy. <laughs> uh, but they did tighten. Like, even after Michael Penix threw the interception to start the second half. Um, you know, I mean, they they bowed up and forced a field goal that to keep it a competitive too, game. That was big. That was that was brutal. Yeah, man. I mean, it it um, yeah. you know, I look at it like you know, big picture. You know, the Longhorns, I believe, lost the game to Washington in the third quarter when they never had the ball and got outscored thirteen to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could never overcome that. You could argue Washington lost that game in the first quarter when they gave up the two long runs and two hundred yards rushing. Yeah. Um, they played a better game from there, but man, those points were hard to overcome. And by the end. Because the other thing that we knew, and it's probably why you should have picked Michigan in this game, or I should have, um, the depth. I mean, Washington's good at the top end. They're not going to have the depth of a Michigan. And no. Michigan was the, the fresher team by the fourth quarter. They had battered and bruised Michael Penix. And, uh, you know, they, that, that's, what, I mean, that's why I go back to that P.J. Fleck conversation. Uh, P.J. Fleck, the head coach of Minnesota, when they lost to the, to the uh, you know, to Michigan early in the Big Ten play. So that's the best team I've coached against in 12 years of coaching. And he, he cited the depth. He said, man, they, I think they traveled 75 guys. They all played. They're all good. Um, you know, they just they rotate guys. Whereas, you know, you know, Washington's not there as far as that talent goes. And you mentioned Washington was trying to do something that's never been done, and that's win a national championship with no five-star players on your team. Yeah, I mean, that blue chip ratio, which is the – Amount, uh, rate of blue chip player, percentage of blue chip players in your team, four and five star recruits is below fifty percent. So they, <laughs> they, you know, they were clearly outmatched. That's why the talent gap wasn't something that was going to, you know, determine my my prediction in the game. I thought Michael Penix might be in the zone again, and Michael Penix was not yeah. in the zone well, at all. It, Michael it, Penix played a. A, like I said, he played an average to below average game for him by his standards. Even with the pressure and the harassment, he did. He, he missed some throws that were there. It just didn't look the same. <laughs> it didn't look like the same quarterback yeah. we were watching. And, you know, the hits that he took did help, did affect that. But, they yes, he, and, and, and it's football. This is this goes back to the Daryl Royal uh, comment about, you know, three things happen when you, when you throw the ball. Two of them are bad. You know, the passing game will kind of come and go. Sometimes the quarterback's off. Sometimes a pitcher in baseball doesn't have his like A game. Shooter. Yeah, sometimes yeah, a shooter's off. Sometimes shooter, a yeah. golfer, you know, is just off. It just is. And, and so Michael Penix was off a little bit. Michigan helped force some of that. And uh, they don't have much else. And Dylan Johnson getting hurt on the first series with a foot, he was never the same. They're leading running back. So, yeah, that was way too much to overcome. Yeah. They, needed a, they needed one of those elite performances from Michael Penix. They didn't get it. Exactly. That, that, there was no other way they were going to beat Michigan, in my opinion, because Michigan just had too much of an advantage on the lines of scrimmage, and you saw that. And were they 
deferred from Texas was Texas actually got pressure on Penix too. He was able not only to avoid Texas pressure uh, more, but also be very accurate. Um, once he was able to avoid pressure and extend the play, this was not the case versus Michigan because Michigan has better defensive backs. Um, and as you pointed out, Michigan's been at this for a while, right? Just They've been seven – how long Harbaugh's been there? Seven years, something like that? Harbaugh's been there a long time, and they've been competing in the college football playoff level. So they, they're at a different level and a different phase of roster construction than Texas. Texas, you could tell, they're ahead of schedule, as I said, and where was their last area – of, of of roster construction, last position of roster construction, you can tell it was actually the DBs. The DBs have got the probably the least amount of emphasis in these talent acquisition cycles. That's why they're recruiting five of them in this DB class, even including Makuba. That will make six in the transfer portal. And where were they weakest versus Washington in their pass defense? And then when and when they announced the matchup, first thing I said was. It's a bad matchup for Texas just because their biggest weakness, their last area, because they're ahead of schedule, their last area and phase of roster construction is that defensive backfield, and they just now are addressing it, but it's just too late. It wasn't too late. It was just too early for Texas. Now, in two years, it's going to look a whole lot different when Texas gets back to the college football playoff. There will be a more well-rounded blueprint to compete. Right now, they had a lot of holes in that roster, and those holes were exposed. That's right? right. Pass rush, pressure. They don't have great pass rushers on that Texas roster yet. They're getting Trey Moore. They're getting Colin Simmons, and they couldn't get to Penix. But Michigan did. Michigan hit him. He was, he was grabbing his ribs, and he was limping back to the huddle. They got to him. They hit him. And, and once you start hitting him, he's a, all quarterbacks, by the way, are very oh. different once you start hitting him. And Especially when you re-aggravate some rib injuries yes. and things. And that's all Texas needs to do. You ain't, listen, you ain't going to sack him every time, but if you can just hit him in the right spot that right. one time, and then he now starts thinking about that rib injury, and it affects his throwing motion, it affects his pocket presence, Texas couldn't do that enough. But that's okay because Texas, like I said, was ahead of schedule, and they're addressing those concerns in this recruiting class. And they were, by the way, before they even got to the playoff. It's just that you got to the playoff, and that's when you get exposed. To your point, Michigan had been in the, in the Final Four the last two years before this one. And for Jim Harbaugh, this is year nine. Yeah, see, exactly. Yeah, Remember, he went, 0 and he went 0 for his first six on, against man. Ohio State when they're trying to run him out. Yeah, you're right. And now he's won the last three. Take that pay cut. And J.J. J. McCarthy, he's found his quarterback. He's 27-1 and as a starter. The one loss was to TCU last year in the semifinal round of the, uh, mm-hmm. the playoffs. I mean, undefeated in the regular season. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's where Michigan is. And now we'll see if that's it for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, kind of think so. Almost a decade in one spot. Uh, you accomplished the mission. Uh, probably so. And as I said, at 60 years old, probably the right time. If he, if he does have the desire to go back and try to win a Super Bowl, now would be the time you, to jump. You could this, – this, okay. Because he, he gets to pick the spot. Right? Yes. He, he has four or five people That's bidding for him. I was just going to say, like, you, this, how often will you be the top choice for, like, four or five NFL teams? That's never really going to happen again. And you're a made man. And, and my thing is this. When you think about legacy, because these guys – I mean, they think about legacy a little bit. How can you not when you start – you know, winning championships and accomplishing the things that Jim Harbaugh has, he can almost have a little shortcut into the conversations about greatest coaches in football history. Because if he wins a Super Bowl on top of winning a national championship, there are only a, what three coaches that have done it. Pete Carroll's done it. Jimmy Johnson's done it. They're in 
they're in conversations like that, right? All time great conversations. Barry Switzer did it, but I think we all agree that was an asterisk there by the Barry Switzer one. Oh, <laughs> uh, even Barry Switzer even would he would that. say that. Even he would say that. But man, if Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL and hell wins the Super Bowl, who knows if he can build it right, five year window right, you can compete for more than one. You win one, but you can compete for more than one. And then, you, like I said, then he's got the shortcut to, man, is Jim Harbaugh greatest football coach um, of this era because he's been able to win at the college level, win the pro level, like Jimmy Jones. Well, and because oh, those man. discussions, we, well, and he was a really good player too. Yes, he was. So it's very rare to have yeah. a, a guy that was that good as a player and a quarterback totally turn into great. that good of a coach yes. at both levels. Yeah. And, of course, son of a coach, and we heard him talking about the big boy table. Yeah, it's just a best player coach. That's a good conversation too. I don't. I don't know who that is. Uh, we'll we'll get into it. Code. By the way, uh, we'll, we'll let Ty do the math on this because I my St. Edward's math skills. I mean, I was not a math major. I was a communication. Don't do major. math on air. I was always told, don't do I'm it. I'm not going to try to do this. But, <laughs> the, but according to our friend John Ewing over there at BetMG over uh, on on Twitter's, there was one better at BetMGM, Rod, who bet fifty grand on Michigan minus one and a half. He bet fifty grand on Michigan minus two and a half. He bet fifty grand on Michigan minus three and a half. He bet fifty grand on Michigan minus four and a half. He bet a hundred grand on Michigan minus five and a half, and then he bet two hundred grand on the money line in Michigan. Ooh, he did well. How much? How much? <laughs> how much bread? I guess dude, they, a lot. Oh, goes well, like, yeah, like three hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, there's some odds in there. Damn. I mean, two hundred thousand on minus two ten. Two hundred thousand on minus two ten. That's amazing. That's like eighty. One hundred thousand on minus one hundred five. Wow. Okay, so I see what you're saying. There's some minuses in there. So, yeah, he did, he did okay, but he believed in Michigan. That's the important thing. Yeah, he did. He believed it's in Connor, Michigan. You sure they ain't one of the Connor Stallions people? Might be. <laughs> might be Connor Stallions who will be accompanying Jim Harbaugh to wherever NFL job he takes, you have to believe. Uh, okay, so good stuff. Speaking of that, by the way, I just saw in the news drop, Pro Football Talk has this this morning that uh, – and this is not surprising for Cowboys fans because we mentioned earlier the uh, Panthers have requested to talk to Bobby Slowick, the Houston Texans offensive coordinator, who's done such a good job in year one. Commanders have Char- Chargers have requested an interview with Dan Quinn. Not surprising. Dan Quinn. This is no yeah. beast you. No, no Cowboy fan is surprised by this. Yeah. But it also looks like Quinn will be uh, popular this offseason. It reports indicate the Panthers and Commanders have also put in for a chance to interview him. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it became official after our show, Rod. But the Washington Commanders are not the, – the Golden State Warriors president under their dynastic run with Steph Curry and company was Bob Myers. Mm-hmm. He retired. The Washington Commanders are hiring him to be an, one of their chief executives in their new organization under new owner uh, Josh Smith. That's interesting. Interesting yeah, like to bring in someone from a different sport but has a championship pedigree. Help with the search. Yeah, well, and kind of run the operation. Yeah, he knows what championships, uh, championship culture looks like and feels well, like. And, and let's remember, presidents, you know, you hire a general manager to handle the roster. You hire a coach to do the coaching. The president, you know, they want to build a new stadium. Mm-hmm. They're going to rebrand this thing. And so, yeah, you want to bring someone who, you know, Golden State won championships but also got a new stadium built, um, yeah. a new arena. You know, so those are the kind of things if you're a new owner and you're a billionaire, you know, you don't have to stay within your sport if you have somebody that's good at what they do. That's true. Uh, in the business of sports world as well. Uh, and culture building. Culture building, right? I mean, that's as big as anything. He knows how it looks. He knows how it, like I said, how it feels. And he can, like you said, recognize leadership. And, and great that's leaders right. hire good people to do their job, yes, right? Um, you know, Steve Kerr runs the basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, that's 
Yeah. There's Jerry Jones on the screen right there. Jerry Jones should hire good people to do the job, but at the same time, Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry Jones still wants that Super Bowl. Hey man, yeah, he does. Hey, you put Jimmy, you put Jimmy in the ring of honor. Come on. This is another reason why Baby the window steps. for the Cowboys is now. We talked about the salary cap and who needs signed in this offseason. I mean, the Cowboys are probably going to have to give Dak Prescott a raise after this year. Micah Parsons, you know, C.D. Lamb, Deron Bland, and the Cowboys, by the way, are already down there at number 26 in salary cap space available. Mm. They're, they're under the cap at minus $11 million. Yeah, so, kept, and, it, it, and Dan it, Quinn's likely to leave. And they got to pay a lot of guys. And they got to pay a lot of dudes. This year, with two home games potentially at home, this is your window. This is the window. Uh, because now you're married to Mike McCarthy because he is the offense. He and Dak are the offense. You're married to those two pl- people. That was a smart move by McCarthy and savvy move in retrospects. Yeah. It's like, get out of here, Kellen. No, this is uh, me and Dak. It's me and Dak, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and Dan, Dan Quinn can go on and go. But, uh, I mean, Dak's going to get some MVP votes this year. He's going to be third, I think. He's going to get some MVP votes. I think it'll go Lamar Jackson. I think it'll go Party. maybe McCaffrey. I'll McCaffrey. He might finish yeah. second run. Yeah. Because maybe McCaffrey-Purdy split, split the vote. That's a good point. I think about that. Yeah. Well, he's going to get – so he's going to get paid. Purdy's not even in the conversation anymore, I'd say. Well, we'll oh, is it? So McCaffrey? So about McCaffrey then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can then go with the 20 touchdowns from, from Christian CMC. Uh, but, yeah, Dak, well, you know, his agent's going to say, hey, second in the MVP, led the NFL in touchdown passes, only nine picks. Come on, man. What are we doing? Pay our man. Pay, pay, pay that man. Pay that man his Pay that man who's money. Give him his straight cash, <laughs> homie. Well, that's – and so Cowboys window now, Texans window just opening. And as we said, the, Cow, the Texans are not only with a young quarterback who's a star, an emerging star, a young coach who could be the coach of the year, an executive who could be the executive of the year. They also are one of the, of the top ten teams in most salary cap space available this offseason. They're the only playoff team in the top ten. Wow. Only playoff team in the top ten of that category. Everybody else is out of the playoffs because they were either kind of tanking or building for the future. Uh, Texans way ahead of schedule, uh, for sure. Uh, all right, so we'll talk about those uh, those games as we get closer to it. It's only Tuesday now. We'll talk more about the Michigan win. Uh, also, behind the burn orange curtain, we had three more, or at least two more official declarations and a report of a Longhorn who's headed to the NFL. Details coming with Rod behind the BOC. Also, before the end of the hour, some off-the-record, it's – Got to have it. You know it's a story people will be talking about. We'll get them for you. Coming up, including Jimmy Kimmel, kind of eviscerating Karen Rogers on his show last night. <laughs> it took him up with Ian Rodby. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let it be? I'm right. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store. Helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Indeed, and uh, yeah, if you're looking at the weather, it's windy and cold this morning, Rod, but uh, there is a some polar air coming, polar air. We always love that. Uh, for next week, so be advised. Uh, I see a low temperature on Monday morning of 21. Okay. And a low temperature on Tuesday morning of 16th. Time to wrap them pipes up, huh? And a low temperature on Wednesday morning of 24. So three straight days of hard freezes. Get into Callahan's today, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I always say, get ahead of it. They have everything you need to, uh, your spigot drips and your pipe covers and, uh, you know, to do it right and do it properly. They'll show you how to do it all and make sure your pipes are secure. 
uh, your pets and your plants too. All the uh, the coverage you need for your outdoor shrubs and bushes and flowers uh, that you can't bring inside. You get all that. Get it now. Uh, do it this week. Get over to Callahan's General Store, 501 Bastrop Highway. That's uh, 183, essentially, the Montopolis exit between downtown and the airport. Uh, since 1978, 45-plus years, family-owned and locally operated, or locally operated and family-owned. They're the best. Get over and see them. Callahan's General Store, it's always a good day. Plus, they'll help you winterize your yard to keep your yard golf course ready. The big story in golf, obviously, was uh, the surprising news yesterday after nearly three decades as partners, Nike and Tiger Woods are divorcing. It's ambiguous of whether this is just a mutual thing or one side, the other side. I, I think this has to be a Tiger Woods thing more than anything else. I don't think Nike would have let Tiger just walk um, knowing that Charlie Woods is coming and the Woods brand and what that can mean long-term for them. You know, that, that I mean, most people anticipate Charlie Woods being a professional golfer. I don't know if you, I mean, you can't compare him to his father, but he has that track. He's going to play college golf. He's already on his high school golf team and all those things. He's quite the young, young player. Um, you know, if, if Nike, you'd like to keep a hold of that, I would think. But at the same time, uh, and we had this story earlier from Joe Pompolano, the business, the sports guy. That uh, the last, the, the only the, what he reminded him of was Roger Federer when he walked away from his deal. Mm-hmm. I think it was with it, with Reebok or some one of the big brands to start his own essentially, and he did he did his own thing. Uh, this could be the same. And, and you know, Roger Federer made a lot of money while he was still yeah, playing golf. And remember, Tiger Woods is still an active player. I mean, Tiger Woods is 47 years old. He's going to play. He says on at least one tour, uh, tour event a month this year. So we're going to see Tiger on TV, and he won't be wearing the Nike swoosh. He'll be wearing the TW or whatever's coming for him. And as I said yesterday with Nike, it is interesting that, you know, when, when Tiger was, was the, the comet that he was, they tried to get into the, uh, the golf equipment game, you know, clubs, mm-hmm. balls. Things. Yep. That never really <laughs> took off. That never, even Tiger had to go back to his old, his old gear because, you know, Titleist is better. You know, Titleist and Callaway and all these clubs, they're just better. Uh, and it's so expensive, the research and development and trying to keep up with the Joneses there. So I, I'm pretty sure Nike's pretty much got out of that game. So if you're Tiger, could you start something like that? Could you start your own line of clubs? It's not a bad idea. Uh, um, you know, get, yeah. that, partner with someone that's already doing that. You don't want to bring it from scratch, I don't think. But, but your brand. Your brand. In a, in a market where, uh, where they may not be an a, 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 a industry leader or a market leader. In that in that realm, well, or maybe and, they are. And, and look, golf is a worldwide thing. We know this. This is yeah. not. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a world. You can sell a lot of golf oh, equipment worldwide. There's no doubt. I mean, come on. And it's a, it's a, the thing about golf, which is makes it so economically friendly, is you play golf when you're a kid. You can play golf when you're an old guy. You can play golf yeah. when you know women and men. Uh, everybody can play golf, and you can play till you're 90 years old if you stay in good shape. Yeah, because Tiger Woods. Uh, I mean, he is doing a lot of different stuff. He already has. These little um, mini miniature golf uh, like courses. Yeah, well, remember, and he the, the he little companies. He and Roy McIlroy are starting up. the uh, the the night golf thing that they're doing the the digital yeah electronic I, golf. I think I went in Houston. I have to find out what the name of it is. Yeah, but he's he's he's, he's venturing out now. Is you that his? Well, because there, someone told me this weekend we had our I had graduation party for my daughter, and someone came to the party from something up in the domain called Dirty Bird, uh, Dirty Birds or something that apparently oh, it's like an really? indoor. Uh, miniature golf place where you play miniature golf indoors, obviously. Wow. Uh, but he, they, they said it was really cool. It was okay. really cool. So dirt, and it's a cool name too, Dirty Here's Bird. Here's his Popstroke. I think it's the name of Popstroke? it. Okay. Popstroke? Okay. Popstroke. Well, look, golf is popular. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously. Yeah. Tiger Woods designed putting courses. The game of golf, I mean, obviously, you know, 
going to a golf course and playing five hours rounds of golf is not appealing to you, Rod. But you know, and and for not everybody, but everybody can go to Top Golf and hit golf balls. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes to play, you know, Peter yeah. Pan miniature golf. Uh, and now there's this new Rory McIlroy venture that they're doing with the uh, the night the you know primetime golf league that they're starting. Yeah, that's coming online. So you now you can see where Tiger Woods is going. But no longer a Nike man, no longer a swoosh. Yeah, times there are changing. It's the end of an era. End of an that's, era. That's all I remember is uh, Tiger Woods and Nike. Yeah, well, twenty-seven years. I think that, I think some, some I iconic think, commercials and moments. I think Tiger Woods wants the Tiger Woods. I can even see the TW. Like it's that recognizable now in my in my brain. Uh, he already has that though. It's a brand. I know. I, I, I my, my point is, I think that's going to become his Jumpman. Yeah. Like it is. Like Jumpman doesn't have a Nike swoosh on it, but we everybody knows the Jumpman symbol because of his the, the the brand association with Nike for years. Those were the Jordans. Yeah. And then now the Jumpman. Now he's got his own brand. He signs his own athletes and endorsements. And now I wonder if Tiger Woods is going to go that route that'd with the smart. TW. That'd be smart. And his oh, own, so like, you're saying besides him, like other golfers wearing the TW. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Okay. Like it's, and, okay. and then, and then you got the then like the apparel, and then like Issa, yeah, you apparel line. You got the actual equipment with it too. Yeah, yeah. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. True. Well, and and as we said, there's a crossover there because Michael Jordan was at the game last night because he was convinced Jim Harbaugh to go Jumpman. Yeah, Jumpman, 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 Jumpman. When he got to yeah. Michigan, and they signed rapper. I mean, Drake's Jumpman. I mean, they once you get in there, they sign rappers. They sign all kind of people. They just sign artists. Period. Um, and maybe Tiger Woods is getting into that because that's a lot more money. I mean, that's that was MJ's path to becoming a billionaire. Well, look, if you're that's part of it anyway, yeah, part and, of it. And Tiger's uh, already a billionaire, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just saying, my <laughs> point is that it's money in that that route to go that route. Well, and again, yeah, if, if his kids end up playing golf and they're wearing the TW gear and that kind of stuff, TW baby, TW. Yeah, I say, it already stands out in my head. Like I can see it. Yeah, you can see it. I'm not even a golfer. Yeah, I don't even like golf that much, but I can. I know the TW you've brand. Seen it on hats. Yeah, on gear. All right, can we go to uh, – well, that's going to wrap up at the turn. We'll keep you posted on that, on what comes. Uh, of course, they're playing down in Hawaii again uh, today. They're starting Thursday with the second event of the new year. We'll keep you posted there as well. But that uh, uh, is at the turn halfway through our Tuesday five-hour conversation. Uh, nine holes in, nine holes to go here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is behind that curtain? What's happening? You have a Ford thing ready? All right, let's talk about Texas. Uh, we started out talking about. Uh, that's a lot of different headlines. Let's start with the wide receiver position. We talked about that a uh, little bit yesterday, uh, and we're talking about it again because A.D. Mitchell declared it became official, official. A.D. Mitchell is entering the NFL draft. I don't think that surprised anybody. A lot of the reports have him as a projected first-round guy or a guy that will get drafted you know, in the top two rounds, definitely. If you've got that kind of projections, you go. Uh, but that, that, that leaves Texas with a bit of a void <clears throat> at the wide receiver position. 
and uh, you go look at you know Jay Witt leaving, X Man leaving, along with Ad Mitchell, and you also have two guys in the transfer portal, Isaiah Mayor in the transfer portal, along with Casey Kane. By the way, both of those guys already have homes because Casey Kane's going to UNLV, Isaiah Mayor going to Nebraska. There is a lot of talk now about players who are being targeted in the transfer portal by Texas at the wide receiver position. Uh, the latest being Silas Bolden. He is an Oregon State wide receiver who uh, had 750 yards last season. He's small-ish, actually, 5'8". Um, a small guy, about 100, no, 160, 170 pounds, but about 5'8". He's explosive. He's fast. Um, and I think it's possible not only could they be looking at bringing in Silas Bowden, and I believe uh, you pointed out he's already been offered. He threw that out there on yeah, social media. Yeah, he put that on social media. Um, he's visiting Texas this week. C.J. Daniels is the wide receiver out of Liberty. Fifth-year guy, by the way. I think that matters, too. Um, bringing in a veteran presence into the wide receiver room where you're losing so much of that experience, you're losing Jay Witt, you're losing uh, Xavier Worthy, you know, you're losing A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell's played in a lot of big games, right? College football playoff games. Jay Witt played a lot of football. Uh, X-Man started since he was a freshman. He's losing a lot of experience. So you want to bring in some more experience. You're bringing in Matthew Golden, established starter from uh, U of H. Um, and you don't have a lot of guys who are proven commodities in the room. A lot of talent, a lot of upside in that room. John Tate Cook in that room. A lot of upside, but not a lot of proven commodities. C.J. Daniels will be a proven commodity, a grad transfer 55 receptions, um, over 1,000 yards last season, 21 yards per reception. So he is a speedster, bigger guy, doesn't even even close to the frame or the skill set of a guy like Silas Bowden. He's 6'2", 200. I think you may be trying to take both of these guys because they're so different. I, I mean, you can't – if you're looking at a C.J. Daniels and also looking at a Silas Bowden, like those, dude, they would be filling very different roles. For you, in my opinion. I, I think Silas Bowden could be a returner. He returned a punt last year for a touchdown. But also, he could be a guy that you work, I think I'm going to call it gadget role because it almost feels like that's uh, an insult for him. But you can have uh, package plays for them. Kind of like Keelan Robinson had. Very much so like Keelan Robinson had. Yeah, right? Um, for a player of that size. Um, so I, I, think you, I think they could be trying to take both these guys for different reasons. Like I said, I think Silas Bowden could be a punt returner for you. You just brought up the fact that Texas losing Keelan Robinson, he could be another guy you put in that role where you have different package plays for him. And then C.J. Daniels, bigger receiver, but a veteran, and he's a guy that can take the top off of defense. I think they may be trying to get both these guys considering what they're losing in the wide receiver. Yeah, uh, and both were productive. And, and you know, the, the kid Bolden reminds you a little bit of when the Purdue receiver came into the portal early, Deontay Burks, if that's – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up at Oklahoma, yeah. kind of that kind of guy. He's 5'8", 160 pounds. I mean, he's a little guy, but he can go kind of a you know, speedster. And, uh, you know, Daniel's a bigger guy. Uh, I would also say, to your point, uh, that you mentioned that Isaiah Nayer in Nebraska and some Longhorns finding homes. Trill Carter going to Auburn, Rod. Uh, yeah. Trill Carter's committed to Auburn. And Sawyer Gorham Welch, another one of the Longhorns into the portal, has committed to Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Going to play that's on the beach. Fo- that's a good football program. It is. And this goes yeah. to your point about good, good attrition, right? I mean, these guys were – you know, down on the depth chart, but they're landing at good places. I mean, yeah, Trill Carter is, you know, going to Auburn to play in the SEC. They're coveted by – I mean, I think that's – Isaiah Nayor to Nebraska. So you're churning out the roster. You're upgrading. Um, but, you know, these guys are still obviously highly recruited, highly touted uh, players because teams still have them high on their boards. Um, Isaiah Nayor found a home at Nebraska, so that's a really good point. Um, getting back to uh, the transfer portal for Texas – 
Um, I wonder if they are looking at um, other targets in transport. It seems like wide receiver right now is the, the focal point. Haven't heard much about D-line, but I do wonder if D-line and uh, we looked at wide receiver, obviously, I wonder if D-line and DB still could be potential uh, target positions in the transfer report, considering what they lost. Uh, we still don't know about Jade Barron either. Still no Jade Barron news. That's Barron. the one that's – that and A.D. Mitchell becoming official are still kind of pending at this point, but it's been reported that he's going. Yeah, um, yeah, but nothing even reported on Jade Barron, nothing And Quinn's hunting, about. so we're, we're not worried about Quinn. I think Quinn <laughs> – I think Quinn's just – I guess his assumption is he doesn't need to say anything if he's coming back. Yeah. Uh, he only has to say something if he's declaring for the draft. But, man, if Jade Barron comes back, guys, that could be – huge for this Texas defense. Just talked about the pass defense, which was a liability this year. He comes back. I think your pass defense won't – I don't know if it will be a strength next season, but it won't be a liability if he comes back. Um, if he doesn't come back, you're going to lose eight DBs potentially. Not, some, not all of them starters, but a couple of them starters. Ryan Watts will be a starter. Uh, Jaday Barron will be a starter. Jerry Thompson. That's three. There's three guys that Safe started. To say they won't be rotating as much next year. <laughs> I don't think, unless you're rotating some of those young bucks, those yeah. freshmen coming in. Well, and we talked about that a lot last year, Rod, during the games, that it did feel like they had safeties that were good in run support and good, you know, being, um, you know, formationally sound and, and, you know, positions where they needed to be. Yeah. And then they had safeties that were, you know, good in coverage. They just didn't have the same. They, they didn't have guys who could do all the, all the skill sets yep. um, so they could be attacked, and that's possibly why they rotated so many. And obviously Jalen Catalan, you know, never really worked out for Texas. And, yeah, that was a four um, starts for him. Because of his injury. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a whole new backfield. But, you know, it starts with really talented players like Terrence Brooks and Manny Muhammad, Derek Williams, Michael Taff. Uh, and, yeah, if Jade Barron were to come back to join Andrew Makuba, that's the formation of a pretty good secondary, a very pretty versatile okay. secondary. It would be. And then you, your corners would be coming back, and not all of them because Ryan Watts left, but Terrence Brooks and Malik Muhammad would be coming back. Like I said, it won't be a liability. Uh, hopefully it would be a strength, but uh, this year your secondary was a liability in coverage. Yep. And that's something I think Texas uh, is looking to remedy. Uh, oh, getting back to the Keelan Robinson thing, I'm a little surprised that Keelan Robinson declared for – uh, the NFL draft. I mean, he wants to go to the NFL. All these players dream of that. I just don't know these days where boutique players um, and special teams aces get drafted. Because that's what he is. I mean, that's, that's what he is. Reality. He's, he's not an every down player. He's a boutique player. Um, and that, But by the way, he can still have, we've seen him be really explosive in that role uh, when he's maximized and weaponized correctly. And Sark did a great job of that. But those Guys don't get drafted really high, so maybe he's like oh, doesn't care about getting drafted. He knows his skill set will make an NFL roster, which he could because teams, different teams, they value the return game um, depending on who the coach is. They have different priority and emphasis on the return game, so there will be some teams that like, hey, man, we want to bring him in just as a return guy, but not every team brings in return-specific players in the return game. Usually they have to occupy some other role on the team as a wide receiver or as a running back. Now, he could do that, but that's – I mean, that would be tougher on him to end up making the roster as a running back or a wide receiver um, just to end up being the return guy. Well, think about Kevontae Turpin with the Cowboys. I mean, he, he plays receiver. He plays receiver. You got, they need yeah. him to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what, man? He can do that, but he doesn't catch the ball downfield enough. I thought he would come back and, and shown more of his ability to catch the ball downfield vertically here at Texas. And as a runner, there are certain – concepts that he's better uh, at running than others, and we saw that in the Alamo Bowl uh, a couple of years ago. So, I don't know. I just, it, it, he, I'm glad that he's 
try to go accomplish his dreams, I do think he'll have a shot. But I don't know if he'll be drafted really high. No, maybe, not drafted at maybe, all. Maybe maybe it's in, and again we have the XFL coming back online. That's true too. Maybe he's ready to start his his next phase of his life. Great I mean, point. Every every person makes those decisions. Yeah. All right, good stuff behind the BOC. We'll keep you posted as it happens. Uh, we'll also hear that that Jalen Ford, um, you know, heartfelt declaration to Longhorn fans was, on his way nice. out. Yeah. Uh, somebody reminded us that Tim Beck is the head coach at Coastal Carolina. Tim hey, Beck. that's right. Don't want to take his shirt off. That's right. Take his shirt off, man. With He's the cheerleaders, yeah. the dance squad. <laughs> got in trouble for that. Down <laughs> he to the was beach. on the beach. The white. He was on the beach with his shirt off, and the people got offended by it. Yeah, man, come on. That's crazy. Yeah. And he wasn't even touching any of the cheerleaders. He did, did not touch anyone. I think it was a, he had the mascot, right, touching him, and then I think the other one he was like, had his hand on his hip or something. Yeah, he avoided even touching the ladies. Deep South, you know, you can't can't take your picture with uh, pretty ladies with shirt off. Can you take his shirt creepy off old on man. the beach? <laughs> <laughs> that's basically that, that's why he got in trouble because we were like, that's kind of creepy for an old man. All right, we'll come back. We will go off the record. Some stories you've missed, but you need to know. Uh, we'll also talk more Texas and where they stand in the final rankings, and uh, uh, you know, talking about their season. Obviously, Michigan. The Jim Harbaugh watches on. We're talking about all with you. Also, uh, this rod. In addition to Dan Quinn being a hot commodity, at least two teams have now uh, asked for permission to talk to Cowboys director of scouting Will McClay. Will McClay for vacant yeah. general manager role. Not surprised at that. That would this is the Cowboys window is now, y'all. <laughs> now, as far as the salary cap yeah. is coming, um, Dan Quinn, Will McClay has been a huge part of the uh, Man, the, the Texans wanted him for a while. Yeah, they did. The Texans. I remember when they were interviewing for GMs. His name came up. Carolina, times. Washington, both wanting to talk to Will McClay. We'll come back and pick that up. Also off the record, coming next. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. Congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, off the record time. And, yeah, I was watching the uh, confetti fall in the national championship game last night, Rod, and then the uh, the lights went out, went to bed, went to sleep. But apparently uh, Jimmy Kimmel on his yeah. show last night ripped into who he called Karen Rogers. He went off, man, for about seven minutes, seven, eight minutes. Yeah, obviously from the, uh, the suggestion last week that he was going to be on the – or he was worried that he'd be on the Epstein list. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel said, uh, we could play the whole thing, but you can go find it. He said, I spent years doing sports. I've seen guys like him. Uh, he has a very high opinion of himself because he had success on the football field. He believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. Uh, he went on to talk about he went to community college, didn't graduate from Cal, and uh, obviously, so the words are on. And look, you know, Aaron Rodgers does have a pretty high opinion of himself. Yeah, he does. And does think he's the smartest guy in the room at all times. And, uh, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's aloof and he's, uh, you know, he's a diva. He's, I don't think he's dumb. Yeah. I don't think he's dumb. He, he doesn't give off like, I mean, I think there's some quarterbacks that we know that, that come off a lot more dumb than, than Aaron Rodgers does. I also don't think he, I hate Aaron Rodgers. So just throw that out there, but I, I don't think, no, I don't think he's not intelligent, but I also think, do think he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room in any room that he's in. It's a bit of an I do think that's true. Um, and that's, you know, either way, but that's, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's going to respond and how Jimmy Kimmel does. He's a comedian and he's in his monologue. He, you know, 
went after Aaron Rodgers. That's good. Now, will he sue Aaron Rodgers becomes the next question. Probably not. They work for the same company. I mean, that's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> you never know. Uh, by the way, Pat McAfee did double down on his uh, criticism yeah, I saw of, that, the, of the, ex- the executive, right? ESPN? Yeah, he yeah from Houston. mentioned his yes. name again. He did. Norby Williamson or whatever. Uh, now, he also did that so he could go back and thank all those that made – because he basically said yesterday from Houston where they were covering the championship game that, um, you know, they love it at ESPN. I'm not trying to get fired. Um, you know, we – because, look, they do all these traveling road shows. Those things are expensive. Damn right. I mean, you got to go in the stadium and <laughs> yeah, do all that stuff. The whole yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those things are not cheap. Yep. And, uh, you know, they, they're appreciative of that, he said. But uh, same time, there's there's obviously animosity between him and the uh, – because ESPN put out a statement that says no one has more interest in seeing the success of of the Pat McAfee show than Norby, whatever his name is. They got, they got some power struggles happening within, <laughs> yeah, yeah. within that company Safe to right say. now. Uh, okay, real quick. This is off, not off the record, but still sports-related. Um, did you see John Morant's season is over? Yeah, I mentioned in the headlines. He's That's had crazy. shoulder surgery. Nine games. That's crazy. Labrum. That's played nine wild. games and then, uh, you know, tore, tore, tore his labrum. Yeah, man. Uh, that's uh, that's unfortunate for the NBA. It really is. I I didn't really, I, I knew he was uh, had an injury, but I didn't realize that it, it was season ending. Because he responded to it, damn dog. <laughs> I believe it was his response to it. Um, anyway, uh, off the record, do you remember the guy who attacked the judge? Yes. In court. Jumped over the, with, the, with the high vertical. He had to see her again. She went, he went back to see her again. <laughs> she was still his judge. The man who brazenly attacked the Las Vegas judge back in court uh, will, <laughs> to finally be given his sentencing. Um, and it was handed down by the same exact judge he took down last week. Uh, Deobra Redeen is his name. Redin. Uh, that's a weird name. I think De- it's Deborah. His name is Deborah. I think so. That really? looks like Deborah to me. Mm. I tried to mispronounce it as Deobra. It could be Deborah, but I've never seen Deborah spelled like that, but I've never seen a man named Deborah. Me either. So it could be. Um, the judge is Mary Kay uh, Holdus, and she uh, is the Clark County District Court judge. And, uh, yeah, they had him in there with a face mask on, and he had gloves on. This time they were prepared. They had him, they had him completely detained, uh, and they had a face mask on him, and they had gloves on him, had his hands handcuffed, everything. Well, it, ter- it turns out this guy has been dealing with some uh, mental health issues. Oh, as one would have expected well, since he was like a teenager. You see that video? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the judge, the judge handed out the same sentence that she initially was going to, from what I read about that situation. Hey, Ty, are you considered a Gen Zer? You're a Gen Zer, right? You're 25 or 26. Uh, How about this? Yeah. In a recent survey uh, of 800 U.S. managers, Rod, and executives involved in hiring. 38% of employers say they avoid hiring recent college graduates in favor of older employees. 63% of employers say the Gen Zers come off as entitled. They get offended easily. They lack professionalism. They don't respond well to feedback. They also lack work ethic and motivation. They dress inappropriately, unreasonable, ask for other unreasonable compensation. And here's the key. Hmm. One in five of these 800 managers who uh, are involved in hiring, one in five, which is a staggering number, have had an experience where the employee, the potential employee, brings a parent to the interview. No, what? Twenty percent <laughs> of them have a parent come to the interview yes. with the person. Yes. Interviewing in fact, for the job? one in five employers have had a recent college graduate bring a parent to a job interview. Not one out of eight hundred. One in five of the eight hundred. Wow. I don't. <laughs> I don't doubt any of that. I, I hate my generation for the most part. 
Oh my gosh. I'm also I've fallen victim to a few of those things, so it's it's not not the worst. I'm not the worst of the worst, but I'm not the best either. Yeah. Wow. That's bad. <laughs> you, Hang on a lot. That's Mom, terrible. you want to come with me to this job interview? No, Who the, thinks that? But the parents. The parents and, don't want to go. Enabling this is ridiculous, oh, too. Oh, it's, it's, it's cause and effect, without a doubt. That's Oh, that's terrible. The future parent, is scary. Guys. It's scary to think about. Oh, come on, man. People are soft. Let them, let them grow up a little bit. Hey, yeah, 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 let them go fail. It's okay. So it, have a bad interview. It's and okay. based on some of the parenting Move I've seen, right, it. it's it's likely because my, my kids are in this this realm. I have three kids that are I in know. this realm. Uh-huh. But it's typically the parent, like the the kids, probably like too afraid to tell them, "No, mom, you can't come to the job interview." Not come to my job interview. <laughs> it's my job interview. I'll come back and tell you all about it. But you need my help, Johnny. Hey, you sp- need my help. Speaking Who's of, gonna... of, of <sighs> parenting these days, if you haven't seen Old Dads on Netflix, watch it. Bill Burr's new movie. It's hilarious. Oh, I look forward I to it. I think I have seen it, actually. All right, it. we'll come back. Hook them up. Rolls on. Two hours to go.